<clears throat> yesterday we had a wonderful healing school in Miracle Station. Yay! So the anointing increases, amen? I see it even increasing in you believers. You know? So I see Didi pray for somebody. I'm scared of Miss Didi. You know, hairdressers have a, a healing ministry in and of itself, you know, because people, it's amazing. You start putting your hands on people, making them feel better, and they'll tell you everything, you know, ask for prayer, whatever. So that's that's wonderful. So it's good she's here. and She has made up her mind. She's going to have her Sundays in her own church. Amen. So that's good. Praise God. Tanya, we always get some praise report from her, so that's wonderful. See, when you pass out those flyers, God opens doors for you to minister, you know, if you'll believe for it. So it's it's always good, you know, and look for opportunities when you have things like that in your hand. That's kind of a calling card for God to be able to open the door for, for ministry for you. So that's always a blessing. So it's just real good. We had a great time yesterday. I enjoyed myself. Amen. I was giddy all night. I was, had a hard time getting to sleep. And when I got to sleep, I didn't want to wake up. All that good stuff that happens when you serve the Lord. So, so it's wonderful. Very, very wonderful. So today we're going to talk about the fact that they believed God. Amen. We're going to talk about some people who believed God and what, what that... <clears throat> what that got for them or how that worked out for them. Uh, In Galatians chapter 3, if you'll turn there, I'm going to read that one, but I'll mostly teach from uh, Romans 4. It's the same scripture. But uh, the thing I want you to realize, and this is what God spoke to me to tell you. He said, righteousness means nothing else is needed. Righteousness means nothing else is needed. You notice when you go out, say, for instance, with Diane, who went out spontaneously and a door opened to pray for someone, she didn't stop to think, have I prayed up, have I fasted up? You know how the old folks would do things. And see, what that means, though, is that there is a real bona fide righteousness working in her that allows her to know that nothing else is needed so she doesn't stumble or stagger at the promise of God to use her to pray for somebody. So these things are very, very important that the whole quest of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to bring us back into righteousness. Not grace, not this, not that, but righteousness. And so we need to understand what's of utmost importance here. God gives us ways to maintain righteousness. Like he warns us, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. You got me? So these are clues to him to help us to maintain righteousness. Uh, I can tell you for a fact, if I had held on to anger uh, at my husband, he probably wouldn't have gotten saved. And since I've been saved, I've seen many people start out standing for a loved one and quit, divorce them, walk off. Why? Because they don't know how to maintain righteousness. See, righteousness will have you floating on a cloud and not caring about anything except what God wants you to do. 
when everybody else is mad at somebody walk off and leave them because they don't like them no more you you won't like yourself no more one day but you can't walk off and leave yourself so you have to maintain righteousness even to keep your own sense of self-worth and your own soundness of your own mind so these things are extremely important you got me extremely so if you're going to feast on any kind of word, you feast on word that tells you how to keep faith righteousness alive on the inside of you. That'll keep you going when everything else fails. Amen. So in Galatians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 6. It says, even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. So God sees faith in him not faith period this floating faith that people keep talking. i got faith and i got big faith i got look at what i got look at what god got me that means i got faith no it's faith in god your faith must be invested wherever your faith is invested where that's where your treasure is that's where your confidence is that's where you're going to draw from so faith in yourself you'll hear people in the world say uh, you can accomplish anything just have faith in yourself believe in yourself Mm -hmm. really if you if it's self faith it's really invested in the kingdom of darkness the devil has free access to that we as believers know there's no such thing as faith in yourself there's faith in one kingdom or another one god or the other You know, you have no power to bring anything to pass of your own. You're either a servant of God or you're a servant of the enemy. Okay? So we as believers understand these things. We know that these things are, are deceptions of the devil to get us to think. See, what he does, he makes us think that God wants to take away and not give. So that's why the epistles are so strong on teaching us the difference between faith and works between faith in God's kingdom, between faith and in, in, in the law and trying to work it out yourself and all that kind of stuff. And, and it lets us know that there is a deceiver out here who does a good job at making us think that we're self-sufficient, we're this, we're that. There are people that, that, that don't like us as Christians because they think we're weak and stupid because we stay in church all the time. We're always begging God for stuff. Well, I serve God because I love him, and I hate the devil. You understand? There's a big difference. So I don't mind serving anybody that I love. It's a joy to serve God. It says, even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. So you have an account with God. You want your account always to be, you always want to bank something in your righteousness account. Amen. This isn't a one-time deal where you get saved and you're righteous forever. You have to work out your salvation. The Bible. There's things that you need to do for God, and he's looking for you to do. But he has an inheritance laid up for the obedient. So it's not like if I get up and do, God, if I go do this, will you give me that? It ain't like that. You got me? Uh, you, don't, you don't manage your account like that. It's not like nickels and dimes. We're talking about a heavenly, godly, righteous inheritance that he has laid up for you. And these things are released to you through the righteous judge God who judges rightless, righteously over all people. 
God is righteous himself. That's how he can impute righteousness to you. He's not goofing around with us and messing our heads up and that kind of he's not that see if you think that way about god and that's what the enemy puts in people's minds if you think that way about god that makes him unholy and who would put their confidence in somebody that they couldn't trust to keep their word regardless of what we do isn't that amazing he's determined to keep his word in spite of what we do from time to time He says, know you, therefore, that they which are of faith are the same as the children of Abraham. And it's important whose child you are, because that determines your inheritance, that determines your upbringing, that determines your life, that determines where you live, how you live, what you obtain in life. That's everything, whose child you are. And everybody's somebody's child. God has no stepchildren. You know, parents need to understand that because at some point you can't shield them from God anymore. Huh? Tammy Faye Baker, I don't care what people say about her, she was honest. You know, when you got her under that anointing, she'd tell the truth. And she said that it was hard for her to trust God. Now, this woman's married to a man and they're in charge of multi-million dollar ministry but yet she confesses and she said that she didn't have her babies dedicated till they were like two and three years old because she didn't want to release them to god foolish enough to think that she could take better care of them huh so don't be reluctant to release your children to god let them pray themselves and develop their own faith let them obey the word let them walk with walk it out with god and when trouble comes you pray for them don't try to stop nothing from happening because god loves them and knows god's got a better plan for your kids than you do and i know most of you want the best things in the world but he's got a better plan than you do kids that's why they always shock you when they do something you know what i'm saying they'll say something that's really uh really uh revelatory or or, uh, get an understanding it's always a shock to parents huh i don't know if that's because you raised them or what but you know what i'm saying you indict yourself a little bit huh because of the things of god are like that in our lives and he says they are the same as the children of abraham this was important for jewish believers because they thought they were the only children they said he says these people who believe god by faith i don't care where they come from it was always the jew versus the gentile who had a lock on god and god said i'm taking the locks off i give it to anybody who believes so it says they are the same as the children of abraham and it says, and they are heirs, amen. So we are heirs according to the promise. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel to Abraham. So Abraham heard the gospel way before it was released through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And he said, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So justification by faith is the gospel that's the crux of the gospel it's not the finished work and stop being legalistic that is so stupid justification by faith is the gospel you've got to believe why do you think the world was turned upside down by the protestant reformation 
What did Martin Luther find out? The just shall live by faith. That was the mystery of Christ. Anybody who believes God is considered righteous in God's eyes. And what's done in God's eyes, no man can disannul. So I don't care what church you go to, what denomination you belong to. If you have faith in God, you have put your trust and your hope and confidence in God, you're justified by him. I don't care what the people in your congregation think about it. It says, so they which we which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. In other words, when he says you're blessed with him, anything Abraham received, you get. You have access to it. Amen. It didn't stop with him and it didn't run out with him. It actually began with him so that those who believe like he did are heirs according to the promise. He said, for as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse, for it's written, cursed is everyone that that, uh, does not continue in everything to do it. So we know the law was impossible for sinful man to work out. And so Jesus came along and said, I'm going to fulfill it, do away with it, the part of it that's hard for you to do, the inward part, (laughs) you know, what you want to do, huh? Thou shalt not covet. You'd have to be blind, stupid, deaf, and everything else not to fall into that trap. Huh? Anytime you see something, you want it. That's the way human beings are. God created us to desire what we behold. But we can do it to our hurt. And so in verse 13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why? 14, that the blessing of Abraham would fall on the Gentiles. So we're purchased out of the power of the curse of the law because of imputed righteousness. There's no curse on this covenant. Absolutely none. I know people talk about the blessing and the curses. You know, carnal people think more about negative than they do good things. So they preach breaking curses and this is the curse. Oh, you're living under the curse? No, I'm not. Huh? I'm just having a bad day. You can have one too. And I'm about to make it a good day because you just reminded me that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for you in your place and paid that whole bill for that. So from here on in, it's righteousness all the way down the line if you stay in faith in God and believe God for what you desire. Put your total confidence and trust in him at all times. So in Romans 4, if you want to turn over there, so righteousness means nothing else is needed. No add to. It's not righteousness and. Righteousness is the end of the law. Righteousness is everything. So in Romans chapter, where was I? Ah, 4, okay. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And it is written for our sakes that we would follow this pattern of faith. That's why this is written in the Bible. Amen. What is righteousness? I looked it up in, in several different places and every time I saw a definition of righteousness, the word right was right in front of it. Right, right in front of it. So really, righteousness means to be right with God. It means right doing. It means right justice, right ethics. It means to be vindicated, 
It means right governing or right government. Right choice. It means right wisdom or right wiseness. In fact, that was right wiseness was the way it was translated in, in Old and Middle English. And so if it came together as righteousness, right wiseness, righteousness. It means pureness, cleanness. So you can say all those things about yourself because you believe God. I don't care what your mind tells you. I don't care what you think about you want to do next. Amen. You believe God once you drop your your mind from thinking wrong and repent and get back over into the realm of righteousness. You pick that up again. So just as you picked up an unrighteous thought, you can repent and pick up a wise and a righteous thought. If you couldn't, we'd be of no good down here, folks. You'd be totally immobilized. You don't have to fast your way into it. You don't have to fake your way into it. You don't have to whatever, whatever your way into it. I'm not against fasting, but it's got to be God-ordained if it's going to do something for you. Otherwise, you're just sitting up there getting in more sin, wishing you had that burger. You know, I would not have coveted were it not for the law that says thou shalt not do it. <laughs> if I'd have known that was out there, I went on and ate that better. You know, eat it so you don't get in sandwich and you could and don't do it. With all the self-imposed nonsense we get into. I know this much. When God tells you to fast, you won't have to struggle so much. Huh? There are some times you do fast. You know, there are times you just don't feel like eating. I know it's rare for me it ain't as often as it needed to be. You know, we working on it. But you know what I'm saying. We have those times. And you just draw closer to God. You don't sit up and wonder what's wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. You're righteous, remember? All right. So it means pureness, cleanness, rightness of movement. Your actions are right. Don't sit up and wonder if I should say this to somebody or if I should pray. There's nothing wrong with you. Or this is another kicker what the devil does. You'll get bold and say something to somebody and they don't like it and you wonder what you did wrong. Righteous people don't do that. You know what you do in that case? You say, you know what, God, if that was wrong, forgive me, but I did the best I could trying to. I gave them your word. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? (laughs) <laughs> people get into works and get crazy sometimes you know things go through your mind your little carnal mind your crazy mind but you know you can change your mind get over into the mind of christ amen repent and get over there and do the do plead the blood over your thoughts it's easier to change your thoughts in mind. You know, say, God, please forgive me. Give me your mind, you know. And then you don't have a guilt overhang trying to figure out, did, did God tell me that? Didn't he tell me that? You understand when righteousness comes and there's a spring that comes up inside of you that, that lets you know, gives you that confidence that God is with you still. So righteousness also means victory. See, there's no stopping righteousness. It's the thing, folks. It's the thing. Prosperity in God is righteousness. In God, folks, not in things, but in God. It means to to be right in covenant keeping. It means to be right in redemption. 
and it means enjoying salvation it means imputed by the messianic king so you can enjoy your salvation this is not a dull thing at all this is a joyful thing you need to know that faith respects the promise and not feelings faith is more attentive to the promise instead of your feelings because faith comes by hearing and not by feelings Hmm? faith comes by hearing and not by feelings that's why the enemy tries so hard to get your feelings mixed up in things because he knows that if he can get your attention onto feelings you'll drop faith Hmm? you can't have them both at the same you cannot have respect to feelings and respect to faith at the same time so you don't want to start respecting feelings and drop faith. You know, like sometimes you'll get something you've been believing God and trusting God for. You'll get an evil report about it. And then you'll start to to pay attention to how you feel all of a sudden. You can't respect feelings and have faith. That's why a lot of times people who are real staunch about their faith, get the get the you know reputation of not caring about yeah. people and mean oh, they don't feel you people try to figure out by moods well they're in feelings that's why they can't figure you out because you're in faith you got me? so i just say keep messing their heads up you know and let them let them watch you for a good season and may they figure out somehow that you may be the mean person to them, but it's working for you. See, God is working for you. So maybe they'll get curious enough to understand that you're not in a, I call it mushy. You know, just got to, <laughs> That gets a, 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 I have to show some gums when they. Maybe just on one side, but I got to show a gum on that one you know what i'm saying it's just excuse me excuse me Gigi. <laughs> okay but you know what i'm saying you know how your lip raises up when people start uh, always be that way about soulish feeling stuff you know it's, because they want you to be all feely but they don't feel nothing see judgmental people never are as into feelings as they want you to be I'm gonna get to get my full whatever I got up there. I forget I kind of want to, <laughs> but anyway. But <clears throat> when when you believe God, God counts it as righteousness, and then with righteousness, so you got to know this: God is obligated to help you all the way till the promise comes to you. See, He obligates Himself to the righteous. To defend them all the way down the line. Romans 4, getting ahead of myself. Verse 3, it says, one, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, what, what shall we say about him as pertaining to the flesh has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, He would have something to glory of, but not before God. So I don't care how much you think your works are helping you. 
it doesn't matter to God. He's the one you got to impress, and he cares nothing. Get it? Nothing about your good works. You got it? Unless they come by faith in him. That way he gets the glory out of your life. He, it points to him when it's not of you. You got me? So we really daily have to die to this desire to be somebody. Faith people die to that desire. You'll find that true about everybody that God used that had great faith. Look at Noah. He had to die to who he was before those people and keep building an ark when nobody had known anything about rain, water coming from heaven, anything like that. You understand what I'm saying? He had to keep doing that. Same thing with Abraham. Abraham, you changed your name? Oh, my. It was high, high enough name, a stupid name for you, childless man, and your wife never had kids. Huh? And you call yourself favorite of God. See, in those days, to be barren meant that there was something wrong in your life, that God found some disfavor. But the Bible says he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So you can't boast of anything you do before God. He has nothing to do with people like that. But if you humble him yourself and, and repent and ask him to impute righteousness to you, that's your path to everything good in your life. Everything. So he says, he says, but not before God. For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, right wiseness, right wisdom, right living, right doing, right thinking. Everything about you is right when you put your faith in God. How can that be? We still make mistakes. I don't care. I don't know how it works, but I'm telling you how God says he sees it, and you need to believe that. Huh? We beat ourselves up, call ourselves feeling bad about what we don't do right, but we keep doing it. So if that was going to help you to do right, you need to feel worse about it, I guess, or something, or give it up and just say, I'm going to trust God. Take him at his word. So it was counted to him was righteousness. Now to him that works is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So works have nothing to do with the unmerited favor of God. This is all unmerited on your part. It's just you put your confidence, your trust, your hope, your everything in God. This is the time to go all in. This is not the time to withhold anything. And give it all you got. Huh? Oops, I'm sorry, wrong meeting. I thought it's not AA today. My name is Barb. No, it's not that meeting, is it? Okay, I'm sorry. Church. But you give God everything. Your best, your worst, your half good days, your wonderful days. You give him all your, huh? Because he wants it all. He wants to be your God. That's what being your God means. He's got it all. You're not holding anything back, scared, if you give that to God, what he's going to do with it. What can you do with it without him? Okay. He says, it is not reckoned to you of grace but of debt, so quit working so hard to get God to impress him so he can do something for you. Because it ain't working. But to him that works not, but believes. Works not, but believes. 
If your faith doesn't move you to do anything yet, don't do it. Don't get antsy and get back over in the works again thinking you're impressing God. Well, maybe if I fast, he'll tell me something. He'll tell you to go eat that and quit quit messing your head up. No fasting, no giving, no prophesying, no believing, no Bible reading self. Come on now. But we're still righteous because we put our faith in God, not in our works. (laughs) verse 5 but to him that works not but believes on him it's not works not and go sit down and live carnal but believes on him that justifies the ungodly you got to believe that God is your justifier and that faith is all you need And once righteousness is imputed to you, nothing else is needed. He said, but to him that works not but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So this is a personal thing between you and God. This is your personal relationship between you and God. He said, even as David describes the blessedness of the man. David? Who? David? That David? Who? My goodness, David, that adultery guy? Who? David, that murder? Yeah, him. The same. That's why God puts all their business in the Bible. So if you can look at that and say, well, gee, if David can still believe God and not disinherit himself, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Even though I murdered two more people than he did, I think I can do it. He said, blessed is the man to whom God imputes righteousness without works. Huh? Just drop your silly working and believe God. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are for... Oh, here we go. Now this is what you got to recognize. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but... If you confess your sins, don't wallow in them. Don't sit up and say, I wish I hadn't done that, which that's a good starting point. But if you confess them to God, I'll tell you one of the things that hurts people in the body of Christ after they've been saved a while. You know, the Bible also says, confess your faults one to another and pray. We come in here playing games with each other. Like we ain't done with, like we walking on the, well, you know, I was an angel half of the week. Walk back and forth, up into heaven, and back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. That's what I've been doing. Huh? If you have one of your worst weeks, <laughs> struggling, <laughs> no, <laughs> trying to trying to stay in the spirit, and you know, you're giving it the best that you got, you know. Somebody calls on your phone, you're on your way to church, and you see, it's an 800 number, you know, the collection people are just, how is that calling me on Sunday morning? I'm on my way to church. I cuss them out, they call me. On our way to church. You know, you had them weeks like that sometimes. Can't shake it, can't fake it, no, it ain't right. Huh? But then we can, praise the Lord. 
Yeah, praise him, praise him. Y'all better worship. Ooh, I had a hallelujah week. I bet you did. Spell hella, hallelujah is what you've been doing. Huh? <laughs> cuss somebody out on a Sunday morning because you're on your, I'm a Christian. They call me again, I'm going to cuss them out. Huh? He said, blessed is a man whom the Lord will not impute sin. Ouch. Oh, now that goes against everything. You mean to tell me I'm, I can sin and he doesn't impute it to me? If you confess it, he won't. Don't be stupid enough to try to cover it up and pretend you didn't do it. There's evidence all over the place. <laughs> the bloody glove, the smoking gun. You know what I'm saying? I I can remember someone that I knew many years ago. I was a fairly new Christian then, but I knew God. You know what I'm saying? And that person. There always seemed to be something about that person that made you question. You just never got peace. Got never got comfortable around them. And later on, through. Uh, other people, people I knew that knew this individual. This person had, was once a minister in a church in a different city, uh, got into strife with her husband. You know, both of them got in adultery. She married somebody. They kind of like swapped husbands and wives, that kind of nonsense. And somehow when you got around this woman, and she was serving God again, teaching a Bible study, et cetera, et cetera. Somehow when you got around her, there's something that you felt like something was wrong. Remember when God said he removed Israel's reproach. Sin always brings with it a reproach. And somehow this person had not squared it up with God to have that reproach removed. And they were a Christian. So this is not something you can play with play at pretend you got it and don't have it because god will warn other saints around you we all have the holy spirit in you and when the holy spirit gives you a check you check yourself you understand what i'm saying when you sin you must square it with god you can't just say well i'm righteous and keep moving you gotta get and see you won't know it you'll be the first one to be deceived but others do because God doesn't want us to, he wants so protective over the righteousness that's in you and that's in me that he will not let you partner up with somebody who's not walking right. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody who doesn't respect the blood enough. See, this blood was shed for us and it must be respected at all times. You understand me? When she was back in the church, she was doing her thing, but there was something wrong something between her and god that wasn't right and he didn't let that come off of her so that it wouldn't get on other people and sometimes it's wrong thinking you put things together wrong in your head you'll make people think that god is giving everybody a free pass to sin and get up like samson shake it off and keep moving you don't do that you understand you don't shake off nothing amen David asked God for forgiveness. He didn't shake nothing off and keep going. Are you kidding me? This is nonsense, folks. 
people are cheating you out of your righteous inheritance when they give you shortcuts. Everybody always wants a shortcut. If what Jesus did for you is not short enough, I don't know what's going to help you. You understand? You don't have to suffer anything except the reproach of being a believer when you're in God's kingdom. So when God imputed righteousness to Abraham, that meant that the limits were off God to help him to maintain his faith. And this is what's important for believers. Because the devil will, will fluff your mind up with a lot of nonsense things about faith. And, you know, if he imputed righteousness to you, he has to help you maintain that state of righteousness. You got me? It's a state of blessedness in God, and God helps you maintain it. How did God help Abraham? We look at that. How do you think he helped Abraham to maintain righteousness? Hmm? How do you help him? Well, number one, he guided his steps. Amen? He was able to guide Abraham's steps, even though Abraham just had periodic visitations from God. We don't see where he was with God every single day. But God had a plan to come to his rescue whenever he veered off of the path of righteousness. And so he led him and guided him that way, just like we have the Holy Spirit pulling us in the right direction all the time. If you're willing to pay attention, you pull it. And when Abraham didn't know what to do, what did he do? He went to the altar, made a sacrifice, got in touch with God again, and moved on. But he got in touch with him before he moved on. When he made mistakes, when he finally realized that he made a mistake, it was back to the altar again, back to, huh? With us, it's back to the cross again, back to the blood again. To get our minds refreshed and renewed, take a blood bath, get yourself cleansed again so that you can understand, get the head, get ahead from God so that you can understand. But God also left faith markers for Abraham to remind him of his promise. And we know what they are. He said, look up. Those are your children. Look down. That's your children. The stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. So they were faith markers that God left with Abraham to keep him in righteousness, believing him so that he could one day attain the promise. So God has this all worked out for us, folks, if we would just trust righteousness. Trust that that's all that's needed. Once God imputes that to you, you have a clean path to whatever it is God has for you. So he left these faith markers to keep him in his faith, the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky. What faith markers do you have? Ask God. Sometimes it's just going back into the word where you first met him. That's your biggest faith marker. I know people who are, are locked into dreams and getting interpretations from them instead of locked into the word. I feel sorry for them. Amen. You know, and, and I'm a prophet, and, and I believe God speaks to you in dreams and visions, but I know also in the book of Hebrews, he says, in this, in this dispensation, he speaks to us through his son, which is the word of God, and that witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You can't override that. See, the fact that you are willing to go outside of him, the teacher on the inside of you, 
and go grab for something that it takes another person to intervene for you lets me know you ain't close enough that you need to get closer so you need to get closer you need to get closer because there's nothing like hearing from God because once you once you make your way to where he is you find great mercy from him in his presence is the fullness of everything that you need and see I find that many times we're too distant from God almost like the Catholics you know they prayed all the saints and everything well they got an excuse because they don't have a blood covenant with him so you got to go through something else or somebody else to get close but our covenant says that we've already been imputed righteousness we're already like him see when you're like somebody you're comfortable with them isn't that right that's what we all look for we look for somebody my soulmate. i'm compatible with this person even go to horoscopes and stuff that well see i'm a scorpio huh well i'm a child of god amen and i'm close to him and we're compatible he's made me compatible with him he's made me righteous like him he's imputed that to me he has made me accepted in the beloved the beloved are the people who are close to his bosom that he loves the most that's me that's me that's me that's me huh god tests our faith now this is the other thing when god has a relationship with you he leaves we said faith markers he left those for abraham we have faith markers too there are things that we can refresh ourselves when you get on them days you get totally stupid huh you mad at all the saints you mad at your husband mad at your wife mad at your kids mad at the dog mad at the goldfish huh? even mad at your favorite worship record god will give you faith markers to pull you back into righteousness back into faith but we're back into righteousness that's where you want to be he tests our faith to make sure it will hold up the promise once it's given to you he's not testing your faith so you can fail he tests your faith so you can pass I'm going to say it again. You know, your teachers even aren't so interested in failing you, even though the, the really perverse ones will, nobody ever gets all A's in my class. Shut up. You ain't that smart. The reason you say something stupid like that shows you ain't that smart. Just because you don't give them, that don't mean people ain't qualified to get them. I shouldn't tell y'all that. But wise up. You know, don't let people put pressure on you. Like they got everything and they so great and they so wonderful and you just a poor little slug down here just trying to make it. Hmm? <laughs> I was going to say something. I ain't going to say it. You know, you can figure them out. I was an expert at figuring out teachers. Find out what they want. What they brag about the first day is usually was, oh, really? That's what you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I figured out the ones I can go the first day and the last day and not show up all year. Did it many times, got B's and C's. Would have done better if I, but he was on the bottom of my list. Got you figured out. I mean, you know, these things are, these things are easy for people. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. Not everybody's trying to figure out how to figure them out. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I was working. 
<laughs> full-time job, full-time school. I had time to mess around, have people messing in my head like that. Anyway, I was a sinner, though. <laughs> Shouldn't tell you sinner tricks. But, you know, if it works for a sinner, it'll definitely work for a righteous person. You figure that stuff out. Don't let people make you nervous over anything. Like a grade has power over you. That grade don't have no power over you. When I did find a job, they said, are you a registered nurse? I said, you mean I went through five years of hell on earth and that's all you want is that paper? Did I pass that test? Yeah, I passed that test. Pass all of them. There's a way to do it. I had a girlfriend who was a statistician. You know, she was one of the math wizards. She could figure out the, the pattern or code that they used to make up the standardized test. She sit there while you sitting there struggling with the answer. She's figuring out the pattern or the code. And she just boom, 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 boom. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Your teachers ain't necessarily smarter than you. Now, unless you're in grade school, you know what I'm saying. Everybody's smarter than you in grade school. But once you get grown, you understand what I'm saying. It's, so don't let anybody snatch out from under you, make you uncomfortable or make you nervous or make you bow to them as though they have something you want. They don't have nothing you want. God's got everything you want and everything you need. Mm-hmm. Now I would say if you are a nurse, you better learn how to take care of them sick people. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> don't leave nobody up there without some help. <laughs> But God tests our faith to make sure it'll hold up, not to fail you. He's not trying to lord it all over you like some crazy teacher. And they're crazier now than they ever were. Because all they are now is propagandists. You know what I'm saying? But learn your ABCs. Learn your stuff. Make sure you know your stuff. And then leave the rest of it outside. But God will take care of us. Amen. He's promised He tests our faith to make sure it will hold up the promises. So the only thing that's happening with you when your faith is tested to make sure it's sturdy enough to, number one, when the promise comes in, it won't make you nervous because of what it takes to maintain it. Amen. You can have confidence all the way down the line. Like everybody wants to get married, but when the wedding's over, you got a husband and you got a wife. Oh, I wanted to be married, but I didn't know if I want no husband. Well, what's your thing, marriage? <laughs> you know, we want the ceremony, we want the dress, we want the cake, we want the dance, we want the this and the that and the ring and all that, and I'm loving all of that stuff. However, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of week one, you're living with who you married till death do you part. Huh? Welcome to the Bates Motel after one week, you know. Come on now. So that's why God withholds from you until you at least learn how to cook, women. And I'm done with that, okay? That's all I'm going to say. And don't be calling me when you find death in the pot because I don't work like that. You're going to have to work your own voodoo to if he turned green and starts swelling up and pass out, you call 911 because I ain't coming. You should learn how to cook before you got up in that. Huh? Oh, I just can't wait to poison somebody. Ain't right. God will remove things from your life that hinder your faith. 
So when you start believing God, start looking for re- removal as well as addition. Amen. Mm-hmm. If God had allowed, remember when, when um, uh, Sarah decided to kick Hagar out of the house with her baby. Huh? Oh, God's so mean. Kick the uh, 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 unwed mother there. Kick the single mom. Sorry, I can't say unwed. Single mom. Put a single mom out in the streets and her baby. Yeah, he did. And he kicked him out with a promise. You trust me like he trusts me and she trusts me, I'll take care of you. I got a plan for you too. You know, sometimes people need to get put out of their comfort zone so they can start reaching out to God. He's there for everybody. And that's all. That's the only takeaway you need from that situation. It was wrong from Jump Street. God had to honor Abraham's. Abraham married Sarah. God didn't tell him to marry. He, they was married when they met God. So what you hooked up with, God's going to help you preserve. He ain't helping you get away from nobody. I don't care how much you don't like them. They cheated on you. They do this and they do that. And went to church and lied on me. I don't care what they did. Both of you hypocrites need to go find God. Huh? But if God had let Ishmael stay in Abraham's life, he never would have believed God. See, when the things that you have that are second best to what God has for you, only you don't know it yet. I'm going to say that again. They're second best to what God has for you, but you don't know it yet. Because you're living in feelings, you're living in emotions, you're living in pressure. You're living in biological clock pressure. You're living in I'm cute. And I need to find me somebody. Pressure. Huh? You know what I'm talking about. The devil will use anything to pressure you. And you know on the inside you ain't that cute. But you think you are. I gotta find me somebody. Huh? Giving it the best that I got. Huh? Just turn Anita Baker off and get in your Bible. You'll last longer that way. But see, then when you get married to that person, the devil snatches the wool off your eyes. And you come to your senses, now everybody looking good to you. (laughs) Before you got married, I don't like him. He don't pray right. Well, you don't either. I know two wrongs don't make a right, but y'all can get started together being stupid and work it out and grind up being smart if you'll obey God. But God removes the things that hinder your total trust in him. And trust me, baby, a lot of stuff will start falling out of your life. It'll shock you. What did God say to when, when Sarah kicked them both out of the house? The single mom. In the baby. Oh, we got to get them a check and get them some Section 8 so they can survive. Oh, they cut my check. I got to do you right. It's called righteousness. 
means not leaning on nothing but him. And just to make sure you don't, not being mean, but helping you. You said you wanted to promise, right? Okay. And it's coming at you. But you're going to have to take all the Ishmael's, all the props you're living off of. You have to take them all out of your life. Huh? <laughs> what did Abraham? Oh! But Ishmael would live. That's the way we all get when we see the props coming out from under. <laughs> oh, I got to pay my rent on time. God kicks you out of a place where you've been slow all of years. And then, oh, got to pay my rent on time. Got to pay all of it because the landlord sure look mean. We all need a mean landlord. Landlords need to be mean. They come waltzing up in there. You sandbag them for five months on the rent. They waltz up in there. You got a 42-inch screen TV. Your wall ain't but 30 inches, but you got it jammed up in there. 42 inches. Uh All them crutches got to go. Crutches sap your faith. That's why when people, I shouldn't say I'm not being mean, but that's when when people come up to the altar, I take them canes and stuff first. If you're going to walk, we're going to walk in God's power. We ain't going to use no cane now. Come on now. You can come here to leave out like you came. Came here to get healed. So when you come to God, you don't come to wind up like you are. You come to wind up a finished product that God can say he's proud of, he can get glory out of, and he's the one who did all of this for you. What we have is righteousness when we trust God. Why is faith in God considered righteousness? Hebrews 6.18 tells us the answer to that. It's all you need. Nothing else is needed. And it says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. When you read in his word what he is speaking, you start letting him speak that to your heart. It's what the old faith people call rhema word. When that word comes into your heart and you believe it, you must hold on to it. Why? Because the author of it is not a liar. If he says he's going to do it for you, he's going to do it for you. If he says he's going to give it to you, he's going to give it to you. That's all you have to know. Did he say it? Amen. And if you're not sure he said it, go back and read some more until you're confident that he's spoken that to you. Amen. Make sure he said it. Some things are easy to believe, so to speak. Believe for salvation of other souls. Easy. God will use that. If you'll, if you'll work that faith that you have in that particular thing, he will use it to help your faith for other things. Faith helps faith. Faith in God helps your faith in other things. Sometimes we'll get frustrated and angry because God ain't done this and God ain't done that. But what has he done? Has he done anything in your life? Then your faith is working. Amen. I don't know why he do this and won't do that. Because he's God. You stand there and look crazy enough for a minute, he might help you out and give you some answers. But what he does, he does after the counsel of his own will. He's so holy in righteousness, he don't have to give us no answers for nothing. But he does. He always reassures us and comforts us and helps us. So it's righteousness because God cannot lie. If you believe in someone who is pure, 
you take on their purity. Spiritually speaking, law of transmission and and, uh, contact and transmission. You contact some. Once you put your faith in somebody, you partake of their faith. It's the same faith. You understand what I'm saying? You invest it in them and believe what they tell you, and it comes into you as your own faith. You got me? We do it all the time. We do it all the time. There are things that my husband taught me that I believe I operate in them now. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Even the stuff I didn't want to, I don't believe that. Oh, let me see, God. You know what I'm saying? It's, it comes back to you. So it's, you incorporate that into your own being. And it's a good thing. Why? Because we who are children of Abraham are heirs of his faith. So you don't have to go through the life of trial and error to get where he got, which was a very high place. But you can take on his faith and just simply believe that it's the same God, the same faith. He'll do the same things for you. The same things. When you believe in God, he sees you as, as, he, as himself. He doesn't withhold anything from himself because there's no flaw in him. So he doesn't hold, withhold anything from us because there's no flaw in us. With imputed righteousness, that means there's no flaws in you. Amen? In that respect, then God lays down all opposition to your request. There is nothing you need to do other than believe God. With with God, all things are possible. Don't drop him. Hold on to him. So when you believe him... You lay down your, your, he lays down all opposition to your promise and your answer. He'll do it. That's all you need to know. There are certain things that you need to add to your faith, but those are also spiritual forces to incorporate into your faith so that your faith is stronger, not for God to rebuke you because your faith ain't where it's supposed to be. That's never what he does. Never. Some people get so defensive about their faith because they're the ones who are criticizing their own. You have to be careful about that. You know, in them days when you ain't feeling real this and real that, you are in a position where you are denying your own confidence in God. You're not really putting your trust in him. Some people are so accustomed to cutting corners with God. You know what I mean. You don't know when you're doing right when you're doing wrong. You just need to repent say, God, let me start all over again here. I messed up pretty big somewhere. So I don't feel confident. I don't feel like you're with me. I don't feel. You understand what I'm saying? If that's where you at, that's where you at. But God won't leave you there. Remember Jesus when people would come to him for healing? He told that one woman, he said, we don't take the children's bread and give it to dogs, baby. Huh? You understand what I'm saying? This is a wait a minute. Even a dog can get a crumb. The Holy Spirit's telling her what to say to him. You understand what I'm saying? Come on, folks. He never leaves you faithless. Even with the disciples, they followed him because even when he told me, he said, "What? Where is your faith? How long am I gonna have to put up with your faithless generation?" They knew when they got a rebuke, pretty soon help would come. A rebuke is better than somebody not telling you the truth. Learn the difference. Learn the difference, folks. Sometimes people don't tell you the truth because they like seeing you be helpless and pitiful. 
Huh? So he lays down all opposition to your request. That's wonderful. When you believe him, he is your friend all the way down the line. Never anything in there to test you beyond what you're able to to conquer. It says you are his friend and he permits the promise to enter your life. So nothing else is needed on your part in order to receive. Just keep believing. If you think that's easy, <laughs> I got news for you. The devil makes it tough. He comes toward Christians just because he's got a, a low low opinion of God because he has such a high opinion of himself. We need to watch ourselves in that way. Because, see, when you have a high opinion of yourself, you will automatically have a low opinion of God. Huh? In Luke 8.50, Jesus said, only believe. Only believe. In other words, faith is all you need. Faith is all you need. Luke 8.50. Let me find that. How are we doing, little Howard? 18. <laughs> Got to make it to the wire. Luke 8.50. When Jesus heard it, he says, fear not, believe only, she shall be made whole. That's this, uh, remember the Pharisee's daughter? The one that had died and she had already dropped dead. Amen. He said, don't be afraid, only believe. So what is our enemy to faith? It's fear. And the devil puts it in us all, every chance he can get with feelings, with evil report, with bad news. That's why it's good to discipline yourself. Whenever your ears hear anything contrary to the word of God, I don't care how enticing it is to you. The devil always want to give you a shortcut to grandma's house where the big bad wolf is residing. You understand what I'm saying? And so he wants to give us these shortcuts so that we will think, oh, all that ain't necessary. Well, not a lot is necessary. Only believe is necessary. Amen? So if you only believe and not doubt, don't let fear pull you off of believing. You'll get what you did, what you need. And this is exactly what Abraham did. In Romans 4, 18, if you'll go back there again. It says, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. If you think you won't be stretched to the limit when you believe God for something, you will. You'll be stretched very thin and scared your wire is going to snap. But as long as you believe and not doubt, at the end of the day, God, I still believe you. I don't care what I went through today. I'm still trusting you. I don't care what they said, what the doctor said, what they are expecting, what their prognosis, diagnosis, who knows, uh, fubulosis, whatever they said, I still believe you. And believe him minute by minute and hour by hour. Don't give the devil a chance to make you start considering. And that's what Abraham did. And he said he, he hoped against hope. Against all hope, he believed in hope when there was nothing else to hope for. It says that he might become the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in flesh, he considered not 
his own body. So what do you do? You put put covers over the mirrors? <laughs> A vampire lives here. You understand? Well, you do whatever you need to do so that you could not consider your own body. Did a pain hit you? I'm healed. You consider not your own body. Did you feel weak this morning? I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You keep going. You consider not your own body. People consider too much stuff that ain't important. You know this thing is going to be, they're going to put it in a casket one day. You prop it up with a string. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm done with that. <laughs> it's called planning a fun funeral. <laughs> I think everybody should do it. Whatever. This tent we live in that we adorn so much with so much wonderful stuff. Huh? Oh, I only like, well, you know, I knew I was a child of God because I only like expensive stuff. You hooker. They like expensive stuff too. Huh? Whatever. Where was I? How did I get <laughs> Somebody's got me twisted up in a knot here. I know it's somebody out there. It's probably somebody streaming live. Whatever. Anywho, but um, he hoped against hope. Consider not certain things. If you're believing God for, for babies, he's got to be the father of many nations. People laughing at him. Ooh, Abraham, you mean change your name to be him the father of most things now? You ain't even the father of nothing already. Oh, yeah, but we forgot about the single mom and the baby. It's ridicule. The devil wants to ridicule us. Ridicule you into thinking unrighteously. Once you start thinking unrighteously, you convince yourself that you don't have imputed righteousness. I'm going to say it again. Because this is a trip that Christians go on. Then they start talking about grace. When they really need to clean up the old garbage in their mind. You understand what I'm saying? If you're thinking unrighteously about yourself, you will believe that you are not righteous. And that God is not imputed righteousness. Why? Because you're putting feelings above your faith. Righteousness is something you've got to believe is imputed to you. And then if you have trouble believing it, you ask God to help your unbelief. You understand what I'm saying? But you've got to live with a peace of mind about yourself. You've got to live in a cleanness of mind. You've got to live in a clarity of your mind. You can't let the devil clutter your head up with a lot of jealous thoughts and impure thoughts and nonsense thoughts because if you keep thinking like that you will convince yourself and really righteousness imputed isn't working for you anyway so you need to get a find a way for it to really work for you god made it work for abraham why he considered not his own body now dead even the deadness of sarah's womb He hoped against hope that he might become the. You've got to do that. When all hope is gone. The people who get the miracles at the deathbed in the hospital are the ones that hope against hope. And God will help you do it. It's not that hard because God helps you do those things. He protects your faith and helps you to stand up in your faith. And he says, according to what was spoken, 
so shall your seed be. Spoken by whom? By God. Is what you're believing for, does it line up with God's word? Does it look impossible for you? Yes. That means God's got to do it for you. If it was possible for you to do it, you'd get involved in that and mess that up too. He said he hoped in something greater than himself. And that was the one who made the promise. You can't hope. You can't hope in something greater because it's big and nobody else is doing it. That's not what it's talking about here. He hopes in someone greater than himself to do something bigger than he could ever do. You're hoping in God. You're not hoping in you. He hoped when there was nothing else to hope for in the natural. Sometimes that's a good place to be. When everything's yanked out from under you, it's good for you. You'll find God's there after all. He believed he'd be the father of many nations, not because it made him feel big and important. God will make sure that you got enough unbelievers around you to make you feel small. So you can cry out to him to help you. God, they don't believe me. It ain't for them no way. It's for you. People say things like, ooh, when, when God heals you, you're going to have a testimony. No, you get up off that bed first. You let God worry about your testimony. You ain't getting healed for a testimony. You're getting healed so you can feel better, ain't you? Oops, I didn't mean my lip to, I showed some teeth on that one. <laughs> because his faith was in God, he didn't stagger at the promise. You got me? You don't stagger at the promise because you ain't looking to bring it to pass anyway. Well, God, I know if that's going to happen, you're going to have to do that one. Huh? It's truth. It said, and being not weak in faith. Faith in God is not weak faith. It's strong faith. I can't do it. God, you've got to. That's being strong in faith. That's not weak in faith. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Some people tell you, well, back in that day, them people, uh uh-uh, a hundred was a hundred. You walked this earth a hundred years, it it does the same to you back in the day as it does now. A hundred's a hundred. And he says, being, and he says, he was not weak in faith through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Now, how did he do that? You give glory to God by saying, God, you're going to have to do it. I can't. That's how you give him glory. You look to him for everything. You have, When this comes in, God, everybody going to know you did it because I can't do it. Don't ever get so, you know, people say things, have faith in your faith. I don't know about that. My faith is in God. That's the best place for it to be. You get too confident in your little contribution. That ain't your faith anyway. He says, against hope, believed in hope, did not, was not weak in faith, but considered not his own body. When he was a hundred, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. She was right behind him. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief staggers because of the weight of it. Unbelief staggers because you can't do it and you're trying to do it. But if you put your faith in God, you don't stagger. You say, you're going to do this because it's too hard for me. You know, just help me to hold on and believe you. 
until it gets here. You got me? That's what you need God's help for. And he says, but he was fully persuaded. Fully, 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 fully. You're persuaded some days and you're not. That's not fully persuaded. You're persuaded some days and some days you believe like you just, you blew it. You know, you did something you weren't supposed to do. You can't get over it. Get over it. There's a way to get over it. You got to get God to get you over it. Huh? Confess it. That'll get over it. If you believe that scripture, you'll love confessing your sins. Huh? You mean every time I confess, woo! <laughs> Don't tell me that. Devil, you can't stop me now. I done found the key. Quit blabbing everybody else. Start blabbing to God. Huh? <laughs> he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. You know how you give God glory? You're fully persuaded. Nobody can talk you out of it anymore. Yo, you can't talk. You're your biggest enemy when it comes to the things of God. You can't talk yourself out of it. Sometimes you'd be sitting up on one of them blue days. Oh, pull the shades down. Turn the TV off. Now leave the TV on. I got to see Empire. And I ain't going to say it. I wouldn't go go there no more. I'm going to see what Cookie Nim and Lucius Nim is doing. Oh, she told him off the last time. Huh? Being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Therefore, see, when you're fully persuaded that God can do it. And it ain't that easy. Because your mind will hit you with, you didn't do this right. <laughs> so you're right, devil. But right now I'm getting ready to ask God to forgive me. And he right back in my corner again. That's something you can do. See, the devil will never understand it. Your carnal mind will never understand this. The people try to figure out God with their minds are most pitiful. Because your mind can't comprehend this goodness. Your mind ain't good enough. This blessedness. Uh (laughs) Like the psalmist said, this blessedness. Uh This one. This blessedness. Uh Therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. When you believe that God will do it any who, God will do it for you. God will do it not because you do everything right. God will do it not because you're so smart or you got all your ducks in a row. God will do it anyhow. Therefore, it was imputed to him as righteousness. Now, this was written not for his sake alone, but it, that it was imputed to him, but also to those who shall, to whom it will be imputed if we believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for what? He was delivered for your sins, my sins, our offenses, but he was raised up. Now we're justified. If you take all your medicine, you'll come up righteous and justified before God. Huh? You put your faith in God. It's imputed to him as righteousness. And it wasn't for him only, but for us who are heirs. So you can receive anything here that you see that God gave Abraham, justified by faith. He believed he would be the father of many nations anyway. 
because his faith was in God, he didn't stagger at the promise, was strong in faith, letting others know that it was God who would make it happen. Amen? When they would call him Abraham, huh? That means Yahweh is with you. Huh? You ain't just Abram, the brother down the street. You ain't the brother down the street before. That means God's with me. Any of you little unbelieving friends that say, oh, you always seem like you bragging on God. I am. Huh? I'm bragging on him. I'm glad you noticed. Huh? How are we doing, little Howard? How many? Oh. <laughs> okay, all right. You know the girl can't do much with three minutes. So, <laughs> in Romans six nineteen, tells us that righteousness is made unto our sanctification. Did we do that one already? Keep believing God. Romans six nineteen. Keep believing God and acting on your faith. And you become set apart. Ah, this is the other part. You become, your your righteousness then points you to be set apart from God. Righteousness is your set apartness. Once you're sanctified and set apart to be used by God, then righteousness becomes a matter of just getting up breathing every day. It becomes easy for you. You understand what I'm saying? It's not something you start doubting. Why? Because if you're set apart to be used by God, keep believing God and acting on your faith and you become set apart to only obey God. That means it gets harder and harder for you to obey the devil. It gets tougher and tougher for you to get in these spots where you can't do the right thing. If you understand that you have been set apart to be used by God, that gives him permission to only move you around. Only God is sovereign. He's not going to let the devil just come up and start talking to you and doing things in your life. You're set apart to be used by, to be led by, to be blessed by God. You're his property then. And so if you believe only God, then he increases the fruits of your righteousness. Then you have the other things that you have to add to your faith. Add to your faith virtue. You'll be able to withstand temptations that you didn't think you, stuff that used to drive you up the wall. You're not even moved by them anymore. Why? You've been set apart. You've been so used by God, you don't even know the way back to unrighteousness and sin anymore. You understand what I'm saying? It gets easy to serve God. Why? Because you receive the righteousness and righteousness adds grace for grace. It was easy for you to say, I want Jesus as my Savior. And then you hit a hard place. Well, keep believing God and keep walking. You're sanctified and set apart to only be used by God. Amen? God, when I did that at the supermarket, that was a righteous act. I led you there. When I did that, when I bought groceries or whatever I did, that was always you were set apart and I used you to buy groceries. You kidding me? That hungry crowd you got at home? That's about the most righteous thing you can do. Girl, bring them groceries in there. You understand what I'm saying? The small and simple things that we do every day are righteous acts because we're set apart by God to be used by him. Don't count on your once a year witnessing to somebody 
See, when we think righteous, we think of the stuff we don't do very often. <laughs> it is the truth. Don't look at me like that. Don't treat me like that. But it is. You think righteous, you think, ooh, who did I? Nothing, because you ain't done nothing. But you got up, you didn't serve the devil, you got up, you went and bought groceries, you